Okay. Alright. Okay, so here is another live stream. Okay. So I said I'd start at 7, and I'm starting at 7, and I think there aren't a lot of people yet. So, but I'll start. Okay, so hi everyone. Welcome to, I don't know, is this a podcast? Is this a live stream? Is it a vlog? I don't know. Um, but welcome to my podcast and you know, this is a podcast where I will talk about anything and everything, talk about the mundane and the exciting, the boring and the weird. I'll, yeah, I'll talk about everything, books, movies, sports, uh, skincare or whatever. Uh, you know, I'll talk about anything as long as nasa <laughs> okay. So my name is Viva and I'm a little girl with a big voice and you'll probably be spending an hour or two hours with me so that, you know, talking about a lot of things that I decided to talk about. Okay, so the topic for today is um, the BF Homes. Um, like I've talked about, I was inspired by, um, like there's a lot of uh, YouTube videos about, you know, ghosts and horror stories like you know I, I love BuzzFeed Unsolved so I got inspired um, to talk about BF Homes which is the suburb that I grew up in um, so uh, yes uh, I was born um, in well I wasn't born in BF Homes but I was rather born in a hospital in Las Piñas but I grew up in BF Homes so we used to have a house in, along Tropical Avenue which is one of the main avenues um, here in BF Homes um, spent probably around about I don't know two decades three decades living in that house we don't have that house now which is another story in another session another podcast session probably um, but I have spent my a huge portion of my life there and um, I've heard a lot of stories about BF Homes like really creepy stories so I'll probably be sharing these stories to you guys and you know how it is with ghost stories it's probably like you know it's usually like a friend of a friend or somebody told someone or I it, it's very rare that these stories are first-hand experiences so and make sure to take these stories with a grain of salt not a grain of salt a whole ass teaspoon of salt like a fucking bowl of salt um so um probably a lot of these have a certain kernel of truth in them but most of them are probably urban you know um urban urban legends um but i am pretty sure that one or two of the stories that i'm going to uh, um, relate uh, uh, relate to you guys probably are based on fact um, even though a lot of things in these stories are probably fictional as well um, but anyway so yes BF Holmes I know that if you guys are from the south it is likely that you either live inside BF Homes or you live close to BF Homes because BF Homes is a huge gated middle-class subdivision so it has a land area of at least 765 hectares um, and it actually sprawls in um, it cover um, it's so big that it covers three cities so 
um, a part of it is in Paranaque. Some parts of it are in Las Piñas and even in Muntinlupa. So it's huge. It's actually um, BF. There, uh, it's a third of Makati. So ganon siya kalaki. So it's really huge. So some facts about BF homes before I talk about um, um, the ghost story. So this subdivision actually has more than twelve thousand house households. So. Uh, it has an estimated 75,000 residents, so I'm actually reading from the fast facts that the BF Homes page has. So I'm just talking about BF Homes Paranaque. Um, you know, I'll probably be talking about BF International as well, not BF Resort um, because that's across, <laughs> right across the other side over there. Um, but BF Homes Paranaque and BF Homes International, usually since magkadikit sila, they, you know, their stories usually mix up. So it's huge. It's actually the biggest subdivision. It, um, it's named the biggest subdivision in Asia. It's that huge. Um, there are two eighty-two enclaves. So by enclaves, we mean like the tiny subdivision, like the tiny mini subdivisions inside the actual BF home subdivision. So, uh, and uh, it's actually one of the first gated subdivisions in the Philippines. And it's um, it was so posh that they, when it when when they started developing it that it's actually one of the first subdivisions to have its own movie house built with a bowling alley. Okay, so it, it, an interesting fact. So if you guys live in BF Homes, um, alam niyo yung so um, behind Jollibee and along Aguirre Avenue is the very famous um, um, night market. Or a night spot called the ruins right so the reason that it's called the ruins is because it used to be torama theater um, it's a movie house and also it also had a bowling alley and the reason why it's called the ruins because and you know uh, and they never really built anything over it again so now it became the ruins um, so BF I, I, I think a lot of you guys already know this fact but you know just in case you don't know, BF is an acronym of Banco Filipino, and it's the parent company of the BF Homes developer, um, BF Homes, BF Homes, wawala yung H ko, kapampangan lang, BF Homes Incorporated. So, it was, this land was developed um, around about um, late, late 60s. It saw some people moving in, 70s, 80s, right? So, um, so yun yung mga kasagsagan ng the Marcos um it was the tailgate of the Marcos era so um don't be surprised if a lot of the names in BF homes are actually um cabinet members or um very important people during the Marcos regime or the Marcos era so if you want to know the who's who of uh of the Marcos era just look at the streets in BF. All the dignitaries, illuminaries during that time, they have a street in BF. Um, actually, kaya nga kilala ko sila Cesar Virata, even though I don't, I, I don't have the cabinet member, um, yung cabinet or senate nung panahon ni Marcos, because I know them because they're a street in BF. Kind of like yung BF Resort, where you will accidentally memorize all the beauty queens in the Filipino beauty queens in the Philippines kasi their names are streets in BF Resort. Um, so anyway, so uh, and yes, um, if you're asking, does Ninoy Aquino have a street in BF Homes? Yes. There is, Ninoy Aquino 
even though he was a very popular um uh, he was a um, um he was considered one of the um biggest political rivals of the Marcoses during that time he still has a street in BF Homes Pranyake. um so anyway um so yeah very big place um there are several main roads in BF so there's El Grande Tropical Avenue Palace Street and one um and the reason that they're called these streets is because they're actually named after the four star hotel so it's that big so UBF used to have a uh, used to have two not just one two four star hotels inside of it um and along uh, phase three so the first one was called the El Grande Hotel which completely burned down they never really built it and the second hotel is called the Tropical Palace Hotel which was half burned which is actually the first story that we're going to talk about so one of the more famous ghost stories in BF is the ghosts of Tropical Palace hey now Tropical Palace um, yes uh, as I've just told you guys it's a four-star hotel so it was um, according to the articles it was once a sprawling hotel it was burned down in 1985 so that was uh, a year after I was born and it was home to the Miss Universe contestants of 1974 so it saw a lot of uh, pretty popular or pretty uh, popular people back then um, if you guys don't know uh, 19, um, the Miss Universe pageant in 1974 was held in the Philippines and yun yung pageant na Margie Moran gave the crown to uh, I think it was Amparo Munoz of Spain <laughs> I know this because I googled it <laughs> and not because I have that stock knowledge I'm not that good but anyway um, so during that time um, Anna Bjorn's daughter of Iceland was the Miss Congenial uh, won the Miss, Congenial Miss Congeniality Award and the best national costume was given to Kim JQ of Korea so you know yay um, so um, so during that time so it's huge it was I I tried to look for photos of the Tropical Palace Hotel, but I couldn't find anything actually, mysteriously enough. But it, this is a weird thing because, oddly enough, the LA Times published an article way back in 1986 that. So let me just bring up that article right now. So the LA Times. Um, published a very it's not even an article it is literally just two sentences so they published um, an article in um, July 1 1986 that a, the a fire gutted the 168 room tropical palace hotel in the Manila suburb of Pranaque on Monday there were no immediate reports of injuries and the cause of the blaze was not known so 168 rooms so imagine mo kung gaano kalaki <laughs> so that's probably like a probably close to Dusit hotel size so it was very big it was very luxurious according kasi i couldn't find photos but i re, i got second hand accounts lang online about what it looked like so it was the theme was tropical lots of you know um plants a very old school parang uh, mga rattan furniture, ganun yung style niya. So, but anyway, nobody knew 
um, what caused the fire. And I think they ne- they never really got, kasi during those years na pabagsak na yung Bank of Filipino because, you know, um, there were um, a lot of the um, members of the board were... Uh, Mark, uh, either Marcus cronies or very well, or were at least very close. Their fortunes were very close to Mark to the Marcuses. So, um, since nangyayari na yon, um, <laughs> distract ako kay Bene. Hi Bene. Hi po, ma'am Viva. More power and God bless po. Regards from Santa Mesa. I think parang na weirdo na ako kasi you are one of the more napakakonyo mo magsalita. Tapos ang weird ng message nato. <laughs> but anyway so anyway so um uh oh my god where was i i completely lost my train of thought um but anyway um nobody knew where um how the fire started and they never really rebuilt it because during that time may mga chismis na na nagkakagulo na yung mga board members ng Banco Filipino the marcuses were already on their way th- way out um 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 out, uh, out of the country out of power ganyan kasi i you know talks of revolution were already happening so nagkakagulo na so they never really got the time as well as the funds i think um because nga nagkakagulo na sa, within banco filipino so they never really rebuilt that now the thing about it is that the reason why there are so many um uh stories of ghosts kasi apparently and I, I there are different different accounts eh, pero one of the stories that i heard about the about tropical palace is that there were um apparently i i don't know if it's a family um or um may nagfield may nagfield trip ng mga bata dun sa hotel and when it burned down nasama sila so right now um if you've ever been to kasi tropical palace kasi when you go to BF tropical palace is actually out of the way so it's not on the main road um it you have to turn right if you're coming from uh if you're coming from or diretso ka if you're coming from Southland or turn right if you're coming from Elizalde or turn left if you're coming from El Grande <laughs> I'm sorry am I making any sense uh, yeah um so it's Medyo tago siya, um, and that area right now is just full of trees. Very creepy kasi wala siya gaanong lights at night. They actually, they only have lights, pero yung houses lang ang may lights. And most of those houses are not really occupied now. Some are just occupied by businesses, and they usually, and the people who have businesses there usually don't stay over the night. So, nagkaroon na ng, you know, um, um, when it burned down, um, ang greening ang ang alam ko when it burned down, it didn't have those ghost stories yet. Pero nagkaroon ng ghost stories after some time when people started saying that you know they could hear children laughing during the night or children crying, children crossing the road. It was just so that's the reason. Um, I tried to look up articles saying na you know if there were children that were part of the um um that uh kung may nasamang you know families or children pero according to the articles nobody was really harmed so there is probably no truth to this particular ghost story but the creepy part is is that um hindi siya um 
ay ang ang creepy kasi sa kanya is the actual location so it's not really the stories um kasi the, the stories are actually very vague the stories are just like you know we there at night you will hear children playing or children crying kasi nasama yun nga the story is na nasama sila dun sa sunog pero um more than the story i think the creepy part of this is the actual location kasi paggabi talaga wala siyang ilaw um when you drive by it's pitch black it's really pitch black and the fact that madami siyang puno so when you drive by you have these really creepy shadows on <laughs> so you don't really and and you don't really know kung namalikmata ka lang or may nakita ka talaga sa side ng mirror so some people um you um uh, some people put it as a favorite ghost hunting spot Um, some people, uh, before I think it was popular na, aside from driving at night, some people park their cars and just walk along there to give themselves a good scare. I know that the roving guards now discourage that. Um, kasi nga, you know, parang baka mapano sila doon. <laughs> diba? And I think, um, unti-unti siyang nare-rec- na, unti-unti nang nare-reclaim yung area na yun kasi nakakaroon na ng businesses, like people, like Mama Luz, the restaurant, the famous Italian restaurant. is on the corner. I know na some of, um, I, I think some people have built houses. Um, there's a Korean church na on that area. Um, so, um, it's not as creepy during the daytime. It's creepy. Pag daytime, it's actually very quiet. It's because of the trees. Pero at nighttime, it's still really creepy because nobody really, uh, the uh, um, BF Homes never really Um, put the effort of like um, putting in lights there. So Benny says that's true. Before we used to drive there and turn off our headlights to scare ourselves. Actually, ginawa ko na <laughs> Ginawa na sa akin ng tito ko yon, and I hated my uncle so bad because I was so young. And then nagdrive kami don kasi pauwi na kami since we live in Tropical Avenue. Coming from Elizalde, ginawa niya. Kumanan siya and then he parked the car and turned off the light. I literally screamed. I was so angry. <laughs> But now, I'm the one that does it to other people. Because why not? All this time, ini-imagine ko yung elementary voice mo pa rin. <laughs> Hi, RD. Who, shout out to RD who is my grade school schoolmate in St. James Branyahe. Um, anyway, but yes, um, uh, Tropical Palace, the, 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 the ghosts of Tropical Palace, probably not true. The fact that it burned down is true, but the ghosts of those dead children are probably not true. Okay? Now, the next one. So, since we're talking about Tropical Palace, pag diniretso mo yung Tropical Palace, so that's where, that's the big avenue where I used to live, which is Tropical Avenue. Okay? It's a very, um, ansha, it's a very, very long road. How long is that road? So, Tropical Avenue actually stretches from Montessori de Manila. So, it starts from Montessori de Manila. And it's up until Southville International College. So, it's a very long road. Um, so, from Montessori to Southville. So, school to school. Um, so, it has a lot of... Um, it's not as developed as Aguirre. So Aguirre Avenue is one of the um it it runs parallel along some half of it runs parallel along Aguirre. It's not as bustling and it's it's not as it doesn't have a nightlife like 
uh, Aguirre Avenue. So, it's mostly houses talaga. Um, since I live along that stretch, when I was young, actually, wala pa halos bahay yung Tropical Avenue. Lalo na yung part na papuntang Southville. Yung may mga bahay lang is like a, a certain, siguro mga one-fourth or one-fifth lang ng road na yon yung may actual na bahay. But, it, yung long stretch na yon halos mabibilang mo lang yung bahay dun sa road na yun. Um, we were actually one of the first few houses that were in there. Uh, or one of the first few households that had a house there. So, one of my favorite, um, one of the f- stories that I um, used to remember as a child is that there is a house in Tropical Avenue. Um, it was pretty, ano siya, nasa, um, back then, um, I remember hearing this story mga 90s or early 80s. So, back then, um, nung konti pa lang yung bahay, this house was the farthest, as in isolated siya, siya yung dulong house sa Tropical Avenue. Wala pang Southville nito, dati. So, siya yung dulong house sa Tropical Avenue, tas wala siyang katabing bahay. Tas yung likod niya din, bakanting lote. Yung harap niya, bakanting lote. Like, literally, that house just stood alone at the end of Tropical Avenue. So, diba? The house at the end of Tropical Avenue. So, um, dati kasi, in BF, um, the security guards used to rove using, ano, nagbabike sila. So, they didn't have motorcycles, they didn't have yung pang Ronda na L300. So, they used to just bike around the subdivision. And, since, um, dati, um, we used to have a lot of kasama sa bahay, yung mga, mga boy, yung mga house help. So, every evening, uh, nakikipag-inuman sila sa mga security guard ng BF Homes. So, parang some of the security guards would drop by our house and then nakikipag-inuman sila sa mga ano, kasambahin namin. One of the stories that I, that the security guard, or actually several security guards, told the same story to our house, um, yung sa mga kasambahin namin. And yung, mga kasam- yung kasambahin namin, every time na parang Diba, popul- diba nung early 90s, popular yung brownout, diba? So, every time na nagba-brown out, eh, yung brownout dati nung 90s, it, hindi siya yung 30-minute brownout. Like, literal scheduled brownout siya na every 5pm to 8pm wala kayong kuryente. And that's like every day. So, if you guys were born late 90s or early 2000s, count yourself lucky na hindi nyo naabutan yung brownout era ng Pilipinas nung 1990s. Um, but anyway, so, during yung pag nag-brownout na, yung mga kasambahin namin, they were, um, mahilig silang magkwento ng mga nakakatakot. Kasi ga, di ba, syempre, brownout, as you only have candles. So, they usually, so, um, I used, um, um, I used to hang out dun sa, sa, sa kusina, um, where, um, kung nasan yung mga kasambahin namin dati, or used to hang out in their room. So, nagkikwentuhan sila, and they used to listen. And one of the more popular stories that they told, um, is, um, there was that house, diba? So, that house, it was in the end of Tropical Avenue, and it was, it didn't have, well, ano, um, it didn't have any neighbors, wala siyang katabi. So, ang nangyayari, ang story here is that, um, may mag-asawa, and the husband was actually an OFW. So, um, so yun yung kasagsagan ng Saudi OFWs. Pa. So that was yung ano um 
ito ba ito pa yung early years ng mga Saudi OFW. So the husband was a Saudi OFW and iniwan niya yung wife niya sa Pilipinas. So the thing about it is that yung so mag-isa lang yung yung asawa niya, ang kasama lang yung asawa niya is yung driver nila. So apparently the wife and the driver had an affair. Now, for some weird reason, nalaman nung lalaki sa um sa ano na, na parang nabalitaan nung lalaki sa Saudi. So what he did was that uh, you know, he he got super angry, right? So what he did was that he paid someone, I think 20,000, 30,000 pesos. Back then in 1980s, diba? Parang, that was a huge sum of money. So, um, so he paid someone, mga 20,000, 30,000 pesos, na looban yung bahay to go inside the house. And what that person did was that, so, ano, nilooban niya yung bahay, he tied the woman to, uh, to ano, uh, tinali niya yung babae so one side ng room tinali niya yung driver one side ng room so magkatapat sila and then he shot the driver in the head and then afterwards he also shot the woman in the head um so uh, so nangyari parang eh, since walang katabi yung walang katabing bahay even though yun nga nag nagmamakaawa yung babae and you know like the, the, the man was also the driver was also begging for their life since wala nga silang katabing uh, bahay, and at the same time, during that time, wala pag halos bahay sa Tropical Avenue. Nobody heard what was happening in their house. So, uh, what happened, um, so what happened afterwards is that um, hindi, I think, hindi na bumalik ng Pilipinas yung lalaki. So, he never was really caught. Nalaman lang nila yung story na yon. Apparently, it's because ang nahuli is yung binayaran para pumatay dun sa babae at saka sa driver niya. So, nag-confess yun, and then nakulong siya. Pero yung lalaki, he was, uh, hindi, ano, hindi na siya bumalik ng Pilipinas. So, hindi na siya na, nahuli. So, that house um, was um, sold. Um, parang ginawa siyang for sale. But nobody really bought it. Um, and then, the security guards say that um, um, every time that medyo maulan, hindi naman yung bagyo pero every time that there is a light drizzle and then they pass by that house, they can hear a woman crying for help. Like, humahagulgol na iyak. Nagmamahawa para sa tulong. And, uh, and this story, I, 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 um, I know that I kept hearing this story during the early 90s sa BF Homes. Um, I tried to look it up earlier. I tried to look for murders or cases in BFOs that happened in Tropical Avenue. I couldn't find an article. So, it could be possible that this is not true. But I know that house. I know that house personally. Because I used to pass by that house. Because um, it's not just, you know, there's this random house. Hindi. Because sobrang specific ng house na yun. Kasi tinuro talaga sa amin kung ano yung bahay. And I know for a fact na it's still for sale. Nobody still lives there. Nobody has bought that house. That house has not changed since the 1990s. And nobody lives there. There is still a sign that says for sale. So, is it real? Is the ghost story real? Is there really a ghost there? Did somebody get murdered in that house? Nobody really knows. 
I don't see any articles about it, but just in case you pass by Tropical Avenue and it's raining, try to listen carefully if there is a woman that is crying and asking for help. It could be that house. Okay, so that's one of the ghosts in Tropical Avenue. Now, speaking of the ghosts in Tropical Avenue, there is also another house that's famous for a ghost. And it's really weird because this ghost is actually a very famous person. So, as you guys might know, <laughs> so one of the most hated people in the Philippines right now is Cynthia. Aguilar Villar. Okay. So Cynthia, so actually she's called Cynthia Villar now. Kasi she married man ano si Manuel or otherwise the more popular popularly known Manny Villar. Um but her maiden name is Cynthia Aguilar. She's actually um the oldest among four children. So there's her, Cynthia Aguilar, there's Virgel Aguilar, who was the former mayor of Las Piñas. He's, I think he passed away now. Um, ang kapatid, um, thir- yung sunod sa kanya is si Imelda Tobias Aguilar, which is the current mayor of Las Minas right now. And then the youngest is Elizabeth Aguilar Masangkay, who is actually a barangay captain. So Cynthia Aguilar um, is actually the daughter of the former mayor of Las Minas. And his name is Philemon Aguilar. Um, if you live in Las Piñas, spe- um, especially in BF International, or you know you've lived for in Las Piñas for some time, um, Philemon Aguilar is the first Aguilar that um, um, he started the Aguilar Dynasty in Las Piñas, and he is called um, um, the um, sa, locally sa Las Piñas. Ang tawag sa kanya matandang Aguilar, kasi siya, siya yung ano eh, um, he was uh, he was the the first Aguilar, and he, I think, parang he reached the age of 80 or 90, basta every time somebody says, uh, uh, yung matandang Aguilar, it's Philemon Aguilar. So, they have several properties around Las Piñas, they're very rich, and one of the properties that they have, they actually have two properties along Tropical Avenue. Um, one is the house where um, Virgel Aguilar, Imelda Aguilar, uh, it's one of the houses that uh, that uh, Imelda or Virgel Aguilar used to keep. And then, one house is called the Ancestral. I don't know if it's really their Ancestral house, because they have a lot of properties. But it's one of the houses um, that um, Philemon Aguilar lived in until he passed away. So, it's a very old house, as in, malaki siya. Like, three, two blocks yung laki niya. Malaki siya. Sobrang... Sobrang dilim pa din ba sa tropical? Hi, Dave. Yes, madilim pa rin sa tropical. Kasi there are some areas in tropical that still don't have streetlights. So yes, madilim pa rin sa tropical. Um, Dave is also one of my schoolmates in St. James. Okay. Alright. Uh, St. James para niya, uh, alumni are in full force right now. Um, But anyway, so yes, so one of the houses that they have is called... I don't know kung ancestral house talaga, pero when I was young, ang tawag nila doon, yun yung ancestral house ng mga Aguilar. So, I don't know if that's true. Um, but it's an, a really old house. Very beautiful house. Kasi so, para siyang hotel. As in, may facade siya na mahaba. Tapos may driveway. Yung driveway niya, yung pang movie, yung pang telenovela. As in, literally, pwedeng 
may umakyat doon na karuahe tapos ibababa sa harapan. Like, literally mukha siyang hotel. Kung if you guys know the front of yung Manila Pen or Manila Hotel, yung may pa-curve na driveway, ganun yung style niya. So, it's very old, ano. So, um, when I was young, there were still people living there kasi Philemon Aguilar was still alive. Um, but when he passed away, uh, it only, um, they only use that house pag mga meeting the advance, if there are birthday parties, etc. So, it's basically, uh, nobody lives there anymore, just the caretakers. Um, but, when Philemon Aguilar used to, um, was still alive, on one end of the property, on one end of the house, para siyang may office. Kasi nung, ano pa siya, nung mayor pa siya, he used to receive guests and people there. So, may office yon, and the office overlooks Tropical Avenue. So, para siyang may veranda or balcony na parang may desk doon, tapos may parang seats doon na minsan, pag tumatanggap siya ng bisita, they can sit there and they can see the entire Tropical Avenue. When Philemon Aguilar was already old, nung medyo sobrang tanda niya niya, tapos nagkasakit siya, tapos nabaldado siya, like he used to be just in a wheelchair. He would be sit, ano, ang yung caretakers niya used to bring them, ay, bring him to that balcony. And he, he used to sit there on certain afternoons and he just watched people pass by. Um, so, it became a habit. I, I think when I was young, my, yung mga tito ko or tita ko used to point out na, oy, yung matandang Aguilar na sa balcony. So, he just sit there, he just pass by. I think na stroke, I don't know kung na stroke siya or nagkasakit siya. Basta naalala ko siya na, uh, ano, nakaupo lang siya doon. So, when he, ano, nung namatay na siya, so, the how, since, since yung mga anak niya nasa ibang bahay na, they, they, close down the whole house. As in, walang nakatira doon. Like, mornings lang, may caretaker, ayusin yung bahay. But, during the night time, nakasarado yung buong bahay. Walang ilaw. People used to say that, kasi wala nga, so, Dave, as Dave said, as Dave brought it up, Tropical Avenue has certain areas na walang um, street lamps. And one of, one of the areas that have um, konti lang yung street lamps is that area, kung nasan yung bahay nila. And on certain evenings now, if you're walking by that old Aguilar house, you can still see an old man sitting in a wheelchair looking at you from that balcony, staring at you as you pass by. So, kung may nakita, so if you're walking along Tropical Avenue, and you pass by that house, look at the balcony or look at that veranda, and if you see an old man sitting in a wheelchair, looking at you as you pass by, that just might be the ghost of Philemon Aguilar. Okay? So yes, so that's, so that's one of the ghost stories. So, most of the ghost stories that I know happen along Tropical Avenue. But, well, because, simply because I live there. So, most of the guards, most of the stories that the, uh, the security guard, or most of the stories that the security guards would tell um, my uncles or yung mga kasambahe namin is the stories that are along that road. But one of the more popular areas in BF Homes na kahit saan ka magpunta, 
mari alam mo yung story na to is the ghosts of Concha Cruz Drive. Okay. So I know you guys know about this. It's been pub it's very famous actually. It's been published in books. Um articles have been written about it. Um, Concha Cruz Drive has been compared to Balete Drive because of the number of appearances um, that, you know, the number of eyewitness accounts or stories that has been told about it. So, Concha Cruz Drive is actually, um, it's a long, it's a very long stretch of road, actually. So, um, it stretches from Standard, if you guys know Standard. So, fun fact, Stand it. The reason why it's called standard is because there used to be a ceramic toilet factory called American Standard that's there. I think nandun pa siya kasi parang I still see a factory on the right hand side. Eh. Comment below or let me know if it's still there. But I know that it's still there. So it's called American. So the reason why it's called standard up until now is because. It used to have there used to, there was a ceramic toilet factory called ano nang brand ay American Standard that was on that line. So from stand kasi kala nila for some weird reason they say parang kaya ba standard kasi may factory ng Standard Electric Fan and I'm like no. <laughs> standard is named after the American Standard ceramic, ceramic toilet factory not the Standard Electric Fan. I don't I um, but anyway, um, I think, uh, I, I, parang, lately ata, hindi na standard yung tao, like, the young people call that area na as the village square. So, ako, putang inasan yung village square? And I'm like, no, yung sa may, ano, I'm like, ah, standard. So, alam no. So, alam mo kung gaano katanda na ang mga tao kung ang tawag nila sa dulo ng Concha Cruz ay Standard or the Village Square. Pag the Village Square yan, wala. Mga, <laughs> mga bata pa yan. Pero pag ang tawag nila sa, stand, sa area na yon Standard, magkaedad tayo, guys. Okay? Uh, Miss Viva, nakakakilabot. Magkaganito ka ba ulit? Parang kailangan ko ng alak habang nakikinig. <laughs> so probably, maybe, we'll talk about other ghost stories. So, let me know if you'll be um, one of the ghost stories that we used to talk about is yung mga call center ghosts. So, if you, probably I'll talk about it some other time. Let me know if you guys want to listen to those stories. Um, but yes, hi Margie! Okay. But anyway, so Concha Cruz stre ano, stretches from Standard, which is along Alabang Zapote Road, up until Elizalde. So, it's quite a long stretch. So, um, this Contra Cruz Drive is not like Aguirre or President's Avenue or El Grande. Ito, it's a private, ano talaga, puro private houses talaga to. Um, there are no businesses along that area. Al pero uh, there is a part there na nagbebenta ng mga, uh, um, tagito? Um, ng mga plants. So, before plants, before plantitos or plantitas were a thing, Concha Cruz Drive had a lot of, um, had already had a lot of landscaping, landscaping centers that sold plants, okay? 
but yes, um, majority of the road is um, private houses siya. And it's not as wide as well. Hindi siya kasing lapad ng agire at tropical at ano. So, it's just a two-lane road. And in certain areas, uh, mapuno. Mapuno yung road na yun. But the thing, the thing about Concha Cruz Drive, um, and is probably the reason for this particular ghost story. The reason for Concha Cruz Drive, um, the thing about Concha Cruz Drive is that for the longest time, um, during the 80s, wala siyang humps, wala siyang speed bump. Kasi ngayon, di ba, if you live in BF Homes or, um, or if you live in actually, when in any subdivision, uh, most of the subdivisions have speed bumps na, di ba? May mga humps na. Dati nung 1980s, walang speed bumps. As in, walang humps sa BF Homes. And one of the areas na um, one of the noteworthy areas na wala talagang speed bumps is yung Concha Cruz Drive. Kasi number one, walang school doon. Eh, di ba usually kailangan ka, I, I know na, I don't know if there is a law to it, pero parang it's mandatory that if there is a church or if there is a school, you have to put a speed bump, di ba? Concha Cruz, since it's just full of residential houses, it doesn't really need a speed bump. So, wala siyang speed bump. So, that is the reason why during the 1980s, there um, has been stories that it's a good place to go drag racing. Okay? So, drag racing was a thing back then. So, what they do is that they'd start from the end of Concha Cruz from Elizalde. And then, they would race. Kasi, one unique feature about Concha Cruz Drive is diretso siya. Diretso siya. Wala siyang curve. Magkakaroon lang siya ng curve, actually. I'm Google Mapsing this while I speak. Magkakaroon lang siya ng curve after Honorio Vent, um, after CM Recto. Pero from, ta, what the hell, uh, from, from Laurel to Elizalde, straight yun na road. As in, straight siya na road. Wala siyang bend. So, that is the reason. So, wala siyang speed bump, wala siyang bend. And, um, most of the houses there are residential na wala namang, ano, um, Kasi these, usually, sa BF Homes kasi, walang pakialamanan, especially if your house is along a main road, konti lang yung lumalabas na tao doon. So, because of this, it became a popular spot for drag racing. Okay? Now, as the story goes, as the legend goes, one of the nights that a couple of kids were drag racing, um... So, they started on one end. Eh. So, they started, I think, so, yung drag race route nila is from, I think, do, ano, is, was from Laurel, papuntang Elizalde. So, papunta siya ng Elizalde. Now, the end of Elizalde, um, now, the end of Concha Cruz in Elizalde has, a, ha, ano, pag, um, pag tinumbok mo yun, may creek doon. May creek doon. So, the story goes is that nung nag-drag racing sila, so they were like, like very fast, like, ano ba drag racing? Like, zero to one hundred. Like, you're probably going 
more than a hundred, right? So, nung nagda-drag racing sila, nung pandang dulo na, nawalan ng brakes yung isang kotse. Yung kotse na yun, had the guy driving. Tapos kasama niya yung girlfriend niya. Nawalan sila ng brakes. So, dumiretsyo yung kotse nila sa creek. And namatay sila pareho. So, that happened. Again, I tried to find out if there was any truth to this story. I tried to Google um, articles, if there were any articles about accidents and Concha Cruz Drive. I wasn't able to find anything at all. Especially nung mga, if you know, I was trying to look for articles like um, if anything happened in the 1990s or the 1980s about, you know, somebody um, about drag racing, about accidents in Concha Cruz Drive. Um, so I wasn't able to find any, um, but I was able to find um, parang rumors nga na there was drag racing, but none, but there were no news articles about actual drag racing accidents. So, yun yung story, diba? So, what happened afterwards is that apparently, after that accident where the guy and his girlfriend drive, anybody who passes by Concha Cruz would see a car. Gagawin na, ang mangyayari is, so every time you drive by at night, sabi nila, people say, if you drive, um, um, the stories or ano, differ, depende sa kung kanino mo siya nakuha. Some people say that if you drive by Concha Cruz during midnight, some people say if you drive by Concha Cruz during 3am, some people say if you pass by Concha Cruz na umuulan. So any of those three conditions. But they say that if you pass by Concha Cruz either at midnight or 3am or pag umuulan, there is a black car that will follow you. And then, sobrang didikit yung car sa kotse mo. So, of course, if you're driving, right, you'd be annoyed. Like, what the fuck? As in, titikitan ka talaga. So, bupusinahan mo, di ba? Tumayari, didikitan ka lang. Tapos, at a certain part, bigla nang tatabi sa'yo yung kotse. Tapos, pagtingin mo dun sa kotse, walang nagdadrive. That's the ghost of the Concha Cruz. So, if you were driving around um, along Concha Cruz during at midnight or at 3 a.m. or at 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., or if you're driving around um, along Concha Cruz and it's raining and you're alone, and if a car um, keeps ta- uh, um, keeps tagging behind you. And suddenly, at a certain part of the road, suddenly drives beside you. Try to check and see kung may nagda-drive pa. Because it could just be the ghosts of Concha Cruz Drive. Try to check it out if you're going to Pompeia. Okay? That's Concha Cruz. Now, speaking of Concha Cruz Drive. So, speaking of the more... Talking about the more popular ghosts of BF. I think the most popular one, ah, uh, ah, okay, so there's another version, so from Dave. Wow, Dave, talaga, 
Pinursige mo talagang panoodin to. So, um, according to Dave, who is watching, he says that what I heard is that a car would race you. If you don't beat the car, something bad will happen. Okay, so there's another version apparently. According uh, to Dave, so while you're driving, somebody will um, force you to race with them. So, I don't know how how that works. Ano, bubusin? Maybe bubusinahan ka or maybe gigit-gitin ka. Um, but, um, and we'll try to force you to race with them. If hindi ka, or if nalagpasan ka, or if you don't win that race with them, something bad will happen. So, we, I don't have a, so when you say something bad, will you see the ghost? Will an accident happen to you? Don't know. Basta, when you're driving at Concha Cruz, don't race with anyone, and don't, don't look at the, look at the back, uh, don't ever look beside the black car that drives beside you if you're driving by it. Okay. So anyway, so that's Contra Cruz. Now, the last, um, the last ghost story that I will be talking about BF, I know that there are tons, but there's, this is the last one, guys. I haven't slept yet. I have my period. Masakit ang puson ko. Nakatrama daw ako ngayon. So, I'll probably... Um, just keep this podcast for an hour or I'll just, you know, finish by 8mm. But the last BF, um, the last BF Homes ghost story that I'll be talking about is actually one of the most famous, um, uh, crime stories that happened in the Philippines in the 90s. Actually, it was, and more thing, like 1990s, if you were born in the 1990s, there are only three things that you would remember about the 1990s. Brown out, Pinat- Mount Pinatubo, Visconde Massacre. So, the last story that I'll be talking about is the Visconde Massacre and the ghost of Carmela Visconde. Okay. So... A lot of you guys probably already know the story of Visconde Massacre. I know that some of you guys are were born after the year 2000, so you only probably know Visconde Massacre, uh, the Visconde Massacre from like stories from your parents or from your older siblings. Um, but the Visconde Massacre was um, pretty. Um, I, I grew up watching what happened uh, the, the, the court trials the investigations, the entire thing um, I grew up watching it so, like, may mga episodes na they were in TV Patrol uh, TV Patrol TV Patrol pa ba dati? oh tama, TV Patrol um, you know, Nolly De Castro had segments about it in Magandang Gabi Bayan so it was a very big thing um, so um, so I know that most of you guys know the Visconde Massacre story, but let me just go through it uh, just for, you know, the ones that d- didn't really live through it. So if you guys, if your memory is a little bit hazy or if you don't really know what happened. So the Visconde, um, it's called the, um, some people call it, call it the Visconde Massacre or the Visconde Murders. So according to Wikipedia, the Visconde Murder Case colloquially known or locally known as the Visconde Massacre, was the multiple homicide of members of the Visconde family on the 30th of June 1991 at their residence in BF Homes, Paranaque City. Okay? So, Estrelita Visconde, who was aged 49, 
suffered 13 stab wounds. Maria Carmela Visconde, which was the elder daughter, she was 19, she was only 19, my God, um, had su um, she suffered 17 stab wounds and she was also raped before she was killed. The, young, the, young, uh, the younger daughter, Anne Marie Jennifer, um, who was only 6 years old actually, had 19 stab wounds so she the ch the young the baby that like jennifer the the the, the, um, the younger child she had 19 stab wounds like she had the most more than the mother and the sister and the sister so what happened was that laura visconde who um is Relita's husband and he was the only survivor of that family um was in the u.s so he was in the united states um for um for i think a business trip when the murders took place so just a summary of what happened so the lead suspect on this case was hubert webb who was the son of uh, a very famous man freddie webb he was a former basketball player. He was also an actor. He's um, he was in several series. I think he was in comedy shows. He was in some um, yeah. He was in show. Parang, um, I think yeah. He was in some comedy shows in Channel Two, if I recall correctly. Nasa? I don't know if nasa abangan ng susunod na kabanata ba siya dat. Oh my God, I'm so old. I remember that show. Uh, I don't know kung anong team si Freddie Webb. Teka nga, i-google natin siya. Ano bang basketball team niya? Ah, wait. Let me see. Ah, Freddie Webb. Ay, let's see. Basketball career. Ah, sa Tandway. <laughs> he played with um, Tandway. Um, and then, so he was a former basketball. He was a, tumakbo rin siyang politician, actually. Um, so, Hubert Webb, who's the son of Freddie Webb, um, was the lead suspect. And the other people that were also accused um, were Antonio Lejano II, Hospicio Fernandez, Michael Gachalian, Miguel Rodriguez, Peter Estrada, Joey Fillart, and Artemio Ventura. So, it actually was one of the most sensational cases in the Philippines being described as a trial of the century. The other defendants were convicted by the Paranaque Regional Trial Court, which the Court of Appeals affirmed, except for Philart and Ventura, who had been convicted in absentia. The men were later acquit uh, acquitted by the Supreme Court on the 14th of December 2010 for failure of the process. Um, for failure of the prosecution to prove their guilt beyond reasonable doubt. So if you would notice the last names of the guys, they were pretty well off. All like of course Hubert Webb is the son of Freddie Webb. So, you know, he's already pero yung mga kabarkada niya were like big name families. Lejano, Fernandez, Gatchalian, Rodriguez, Estrada, Philart, Ventura. These were just not ordinary guys. These were guys for good families, guys from like upper ano um mid ano upper middle class to like families talaga who have who were very rich. So um there were um, a lot of things happened in that case. First parang at first it was just um ang mga so yung mga suspects were outsiders actually um, during that time dun na uso yung mga gates kasi before in BF Homes 
you can actually go from one place to another, you can go from one village to another, kasi, as in bukas yung mga streets, you can pass by one street to another, and just go around and without any problems. So, um, th- the thing about during that time, so thank you, so, Cholo gave me Hershey's. Um, so, it's, this is a not, <laughs> this is not sponsored, but, you know, thank you for the snack. So, Cholo came in and gave me a cookie. Um, but anyway, so, back then in BF, you can go from one place to another. So, the main gates were just the big gates in Lopez, in Standard, in Tropical, you know. So, yun yung, like, big gates talaga. Pero inside, you can actually just go from one village to another. Walang, walang mga gates or anything of that sort. Na uso yung pag yung pag yung stricter measures ng gates ng gates yung na nagkaroon yung ng gates yung mga smaller subdivisions sa loob because of the Visconde murders because yung unang suspects nila they said that the murderers were actually outsiders I don't know if it's a class thing kasi the first the first people that were suspected by everyone were just the yung mga arawan na trabahador that come to the village to work. Kasi syempre, like, well, until naman, hanggang ngayon naman, there are still a lot of um, day workers, construction workers that go inside BF to, you know, to work on houses or to, um, um, as um, house help, yung mga boy, mga hardinero, ganyan. So, the first suspects were, I think, I don't know if they were construction workers or parang mga, nag, mga trabahador lang sila that work daily. I don't know. So, one of the first, um, uh, tagito, one of the first suspects were, um, so, so they were accused. Um, so, I think, um, according to the critics, it was a very, um, parang, it was very classist na, no, parang, you, the first people that they accused, akagad, were like, these, like, the poor. Na yung mga trabahador, ganyan. Kasi, if you, there's, parang, the first mentality was not to accuse, you know, parang, they didn't want to accuse the, oh, these are, like, oh, um, these are guys that come from good families, from good schools. No, they wouldn't be able to do that. So it probably is, you know, those poor, those construction workers. So, um, the first, uh, the first suspects. I think um, it was very, I know, there, there was class, I know, class distinctions and very, ano siya, very, um, classist yung mga suspect, yung mga inakusahan nila na suspects ate. So you know, so they were arrested and then later they found out that they were innocent. Later on. Um, uh, um, later on, I think th- what happened was that, and this is where it becomes hazy, because there is a witness that's involved. I forgot her name. Is it Jessica Alfaro? I think. Oh, wait, let me just check. Yes. Um, apparently, um, one of the friends, one of the one of the friends of the suspects, uh, she confessed that it was these guys that actually murdered the Visconti family. So, parang what they did was like, I I don't know kung isa sa kanila type 
si Carmela or they magkakabarkada ba sila so one day they parang what they did was that they planned na pasukin yung bahay and they did that and then you know Carmela was raped apparently by Hubert or some some others ganyan um another thing about this crime and kaya siya tumagal ng sobrang tagal was that there was the police that were investigating this massacre also um there was um, con- um there was accusations of bribery covering up the crime losing the evidence and then so um and um uh, the policemen were accused of taking money from the families of the suspects because again these guys were not just random people these guys come from good families um so um good uh, like families that are like you know well off um so yun nga parang it became a circus like there was um uh the suspects lawyers uh were trying to discredit the witness na parang okay parang you know Je- Jessica Alfaro was like this you know she you can't really trust her ganyan ganyan so they discredit there was an parang issue na they were trying to discredit the witness ganyan tawos parang I think that there was even a stupid ass rumor na Lauro Visconde was the one that had his family killed because he already had parang may kabit siya and he wanted to get rid of his family it was super fucked up it was super fucked up um but at the end um um but at the end uh parang na um uh, parang at the end kasi parang not all of them were convicted parang konti yung the others na absuelto sila parang i think si Hubert and one or two more people lang yung actual na nagserve ng crime and it was really funny kasi i think during this time my death sentence pa Yes, my I I death sentence, my death penalty pa ata during this time. I meron ba? I forgot. Um, but uh, they were um I don't know if na turn yung result, na turn yung ano yung yung decision ng court na hindi sila ma death penalty and they just serve um parang reclusion per reclusion perpetua lang sila so parang life sentence lang. I I don't know if Hubert were is. Kasi this was so long ago. I don't know if Hubert Webb was still is still in uh ah naakwit na pala siya. Naakwit na si Hubert Webb so he's already out. Um but people are saying that, you know, parang kawawa naman si Hubert Webb kasi you know, tumanda siya eh. kasi recently lang siya naakwit eh pero parang they're saying nakawawa naman si Hubert Webb, he lost a huge portion of his life. Um, sa loob ng kulungan. Kasi when he came in, he was young. He was literally just, I don't know, like, his early 20s or he was a teenager or something. And then, nung lumalis na siya, he was like so old na. Um, but I think about it is that, um, and that, I think, that crime really showed a dark side of these, of BF homes. Kasi everybody, kasi ang, 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 ang ano doon, ang perception kasi is that if you grow up in a rich household, if you went to the good schools, if your family is like this, if you, you know, if you, you're well-bred, you speak English really well, 
the idea there is that you can't commit a crime like that. Kasi you were raised in a rich family, you were raised in a good family, you, you went to good schools, and it exposed a really dark side to what was actually happening in BF homes. That inside BF, you have kids doing drugs, you have kids in parties, you have like teenage guys uh, like going around picking up girls raping them, dropping them off. So it really exposed a, a, no, a super bad side of BF that nobody really knew about because, you know, it's a gated community. It's a, you know, it's a posh gated community. How could you think that of its residents, diba? Diba parang? So, it, it exposed a lot of things in um, the middle class and upper middle class. But anyway, so ano nangyari yun? Um, Lauro Visconde kept the house. So, he never really sold it. Um, so, a lot, I think, parang there was, um, there was some talk before na parang his, um, his relatives wanted him to sell the house, or at least tear, parang, parang pagiba yung bahay. Kasi, you know, it was so bad. The, 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 the things that happened in that house was so bad. But, Visconde kept the house as is. Yun yung creepy dun eh. Kasi, he didn't change anything. Pinalinis lang yung bahay. They probably cleaned the blood off the walls. They, you know, pinalitan lang yung mga mattresses. They cleaned the blood on the floor. But, everything was the same. He kept the same house. The same house that he left, uh, that he had before he left for America and before his entire family was killed. So, that's creepy. Like, um, the, the, yung mga laruan ni Jennifer, like yung mga stuffed toys niya, it's still in the bed. The pictures of her, of, you know, the mom and Carmela and Jennifer were still there. All, all the same furniture was there. He never changed anything about the house. So, um, during the early 90s, nauso yung mga massacre movies. There was a trend back then that, you know, um, um, crime um, true crime movies were all in their age. Like, sila, yung, I think it was sila Calvento, Tony Calvento, um, if you guys know that show. Um, and sino ba yung director na puro ganun yung pinuproduce niya? So, nauso yung mga ganun. And there, um, there was a movie called The Visconde Massacre movie, I think. Chris Aquino was there. <laughs> she was Carmela. Um, so, um, they, ang really creepy thing about that movie is that, of course, it's based on the Visconde Massacre. The thing about it is that they actually shot the movie inside the re- the real Visconde house. So, you know, they did the... They they, they shot the, the movie on location talaga. And I used to remember, like, there were interviews about the crew. And even Chris Aquino was interviewed. And she said that there were a lot of funny things happening during the shoot. Like, for example, ah, uh, sorry, I'm eating. <laughs> ano, for example, yung walls ng bahay nila, they had family photos. There was this family photo of Estrelita, Carmela, and um, Jennifer na parang Chris, I think Chris Aquino saw na nakatabi ni siya. So, parang inayos ata ni Chris. I don't know if it was Chris or another actor, but basta, parang inayos nila yung photo. 
So, yun, yun, parang nakatabi nga siya kasi nakasabi siya, diba? So, inayos nila. Tapos, nung pagbalik niya, nakatabi nga na uli. So, inayos niya uli. Kasi parang, you know how it is when your memory plays tricks on you. Nakala mo may ginawa ka, pero you didn't really do it. So, what she did, what she did, was inayos niya uli. She goes away. Pagbalik niya, nakatabi nga uli. Same angle. Kinilabutan na siya. Another thing, what happened was that, di ba yung mga stuffed toys ni Jennifer? Yung mga stuffed toys ni Jennifer was the same stuffed toys that she had. As in, walang tinapon. I think, some were just cleaned of blood. Yung mga, yung talagang sobrang daming dugo talaga is, I think, tinapon siya. Pero the others, kung, nung, kung pwede pa daw malinis. As in, nilabhan lang. And we're still there. So, Jennifer... Jennifer's stuff toys, parang nakapile siya sa bed, parang nakaayos siya sa kama nung, nung, nung youngest. So, napapansin nila na there was always this stuff toy na, na nasa sahig. As in, nahulog sa sahig. So, the staff, syempre, nakaayos yung bahay, di ba? Kasi, you know, if you're part of the production staff, one of the things that you do is you go around the house and you fix things for the shooting. So, one of the production staff saw the stuff toy fall down the bed. So, ginawa niya, parang kala niya siguro, nalaglag lang. So, she puts it back. Pag, paglagay niya, paglagay na paglagay niya, she's, parang, she only, parang, she only steps back, like, a, a foot or two. Pagkatapos niya lagay, nahulog uli. As in, literal na, bumagsak, tas nahulog sa kama. So, parang siya, okay, this is freaky, but you know what? Sige, binalik niya uli. Nahulog uli. And then, she found out, later on, that that stuffed toy, was Jennifer's favorite stuffed toy. So, in so sobrang dami nilang kwento during the shooting about um like yung may mga things that get moved or yung mga kaluskos sa bahay, ganyan. Up until now, um alam ko kasi may caretakers pa rin na pumupunta. When Laura Visconde was alive, he would occasionally visit the house. Parang there was actually a time na doon pa siya tumira. Um, and people were advising against it, na parang, dude, parang, like, love yourself. Like, this is the house that your family died in. Please don't stay here. So, parang, and then, afterwards, lumipat din siya. Pero he kept the house in pristine condition, like I said earlier. Um, so, usually, caretakers go there during the daytime, but according to a lot of people in the neighborhood, like, the guards in... Uh, yung the guards in the subdivision the caretakers don't stay after dark I mean you wouldn't pay me a mi- I wouldn't accept 5 million pesos to stay there after dark not that everything that happened so but yun yun yung, usa, yun yung kwento ng mga guards na caretakers don't stay there after dark the guards refuse to pass by that house after dark kasi there are a lot of creepy things that are happening now, here are the more... Inter- because, of course, the house will have ghost stories if after all that happened. Now, here comes some really creepy stories, okay? One of the things, one of the stories that I've heard about the Visconde Massacre um, wasn't even a ghost story inside the house. So one of the stories that I heard, I think I heard this from my uncle, and he, um, 
as usual with as with most ghost stories narinig din niya to either sa kabarkada niya who lived in that area or i don't know security guard you know yung with the usual urban legends and ghost stories it's one story na napasa from one person to another etc etc um but anyway so uh, um so as the story goes in um in naia in the uh, yung international airport na Ninoy Aquino International Airport um, there is a long row of airport taxis doon diba yung 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 dilaw na taxi kaya yung fare niya yung starting fare niya is 75 ba 150 i forgot basta it's the mo- it's the it's the expensive taxi so in Naia there is a taxi uh, yung sa taxi lane na yon there is a girl um one of the taxi drivers um was drive um pumapasada siya so um that taxi driver um is surprised kasi yung pasahero niya sumakay niya is a little girl like literally a child so i don't know <laughs> why he didn't question that there was a child at his you know inside his cab and bakit hindi niya Uh, kinwestiyon <laughs> na um, that there's a child in his cab but for some weird reason, hindi niya tagita uh, um, parang for, for hindi ata pumasok sa utak niya yun basta tinanong lang niya, parang number one, parang nasan parents mo, tas number two saan ka umuwi, yun yung tinanong niya dun sa bata the, 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 the child says Um, parang naka, nakatira ako sa BF Homes. So, the driver asks like, okay, saan sa BF Homes? Sabi na, parang sabi nung na lang ng child, parang she didn't give an address, but she says like, tuturo ko na lang. Now, I don't know if it's a child or if it's a young woman, pero the story gets a little bit hazy. Some, one version that I heard about this story is that there is a child that comes into the cab and tells the driver to go to this address and then there's another story of a young woman going riding the cab and telling the cab driver to go to this address so cab driver you know drives goes in ganyan and then so binigay na yung address diba so the cab driver parks in front of the house and then his passenger i don't know you know if some some stories it's a child some stories it's a young woman The passenger says na parang kuya wala akong pa- wala akong pera. Hintayin niyo na lang ako dito. Kuha akong pera. So the driver is like, you know how it is, diba? Na experience niya ba na dati nung hindi pa uso yung Grab na yung umuwi kayo tas wala kayong pera. So paghihintayin niya yung taxi driver while you get money from the house, right? So parang kala nung taxi driver ganun lang. So naghintay siya. Kintay siya, parang naka-idle siya. Tapos, ang tagal. Tapos, nung una, um, so, unang, so, habang nagkintay siya, dinaanan siya ng security guard. Nung una, hindi siya pinansin ng security guard. Tapos, mga siguro 15-30 minutes na siya naghihintay. Bumal- nabalikan na siya ng security guard. Kasi, I think, Romo, nung first time, parang nagro-ronda lang yung security guard. Tapos, yung second time na binalano na siya, dinaanan siya, yung pabalik na yung security guard. Tinanong siya ng security guard, Sir, sino pong hinihintay nyo? Sabi niya, parang, 
Ah, kasi yung pasahero ko, walang pera, so kumuha ng pambayad. Tapos parang tinanong ng security guard, sang bahay? Gawanan siya. Sabi niya, ano po, parang tinuro niya yung bahay. And the security guard is like, Sir, sigurado ka, hindi ba dito sa bahay na to? So, the, the guard points to another house. And he's like, no, dito sa bahay na to. And the guard is like, Sir, alam niyo po ba kung kaninong bahay yan? And then the cab driver goes, no. And the security guard goes, Sir, sa mga Visconde yan. So, apparently, cab driver brings home a young woman or a little girl, depending on the story. Tinrive niya yung pasahero niya sa loob ng bahay, ay sa loob ng village, dinrop off niya sa bahay ng mga Visconde and there was no one that came back. So, if you guys ever drive around BF uh, and you have a car or, somebody, or if you pass by one of the villages, alam ko, you really won't be able to accidentally pass by the Visconde house um, kasi it's inside, the, um, it's inside an enclave or it's, it's inside a smaller village. Um, but, if ever um, if ever you ride a cab driver or you uh, or you um, you take the opportunity to ride a, an airport taxi try to ask the taxi driver if they've accidentally taken a passenger to VF homes uh, and that passenger never came back kasi that could be either Jennifer Visconde or Carmela Visconde going home to their house so that's the last story that I have for tonight so I hope you guys enjoyed the stories um, so there are still a lot of stories in BF um, um, BF Homes has a lot of secrets some of them are not ghost stories some of them are true crime stories um, behind the really pretty houses in BF um, you would hear a lot of suicide um, like suicide stories, murders, etc. So, if you guys uh, have more stories that I can tell, let me know. If you guys want me to talk about other stories in, you know, other villages, I have heard that Wakwak, I think, has a lot <laughs> for some weird reason, but I don't know anyone who lives in Wakwak, so if you guys know. Um, um, so, if you guys want me to talk about other stories, let me know, okay? Um, but that is it for tonight. I hope that you guys enjoyed all the stories that I talk about. And if ever you pass by BF Homes, try to check and see if whenever you pass by Tropical Avenue, try to check and see if you could hear a woman crying. Sometime if you drive by and it's raining, try to check and see if you can hear a woman crying in one of the houses. Or if you pass by the old Aguilar house, try to... Look up the balcony and check and see if the old mayor is sitting there looking at you. Or if you're passing by Tropical Palace, try to listen carefully for the children that's playing in the streets, around the trees. And if ever you are passing by Concha Cruz, don't race with any black cars. Okay? And lastly, if ever you are going to the airport, and you see a little girl or a young woman waiting for a taxi that just might be Jennifer Visconde 
or Carmela Visconti. Right? Thank you very much for listening in. Have a good night.